Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host, Sam, from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes, you are. Uh, each week we get together, we talk about cars, motorsport, F1, car, what else? Cars? Cars. We talk cars, cars, cars. cars. <laughs> <laughs> You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on YouTube.com forward slash Behind the Glass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony, if people want to support this podcast, what should they do? Watch it. No. <laughs> But also head to Patreon. You can support us on patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. I'll be honest. <laughs> Sometimes this podcast isn't as easy to record as it may seem. You know, For me, definitely. Well, <laughs> I think, Tony, you come fairly prepared each week, ready to chat. You're, you're a one-take machine. Yeah. I am overly analytical of our recordings. Mm. And a lot of the time, as we're talking, I'm judging the quality of the recording, the conversation, <laughs> the clickbait ability. And I'll be honest, today's episode started and I wasn't happy. I wasn't enjoying <laughs> I wasn't enjoying what I was saying. I wasn't enjoying my thought process. I was distracted by a builder out the window. Tony's, I don't know what. So we've started again. Uh, I have no idea if, if Ben did a very clever edit of- Please, uh, Ben, fail. please. I'm sure he did. But. Yeah, we ha- you have to get the bit where he- just my Balls brain. Up. Then my brain just died. Just died. I literally, I was like, <laughs> gone. There's just too much. I don't know where I'm all over the place today. I was supposed to be filming an update or a sort of a review of the Defender. And I basically forgot a load of stuff that I was supposed to bring with me. I'm just, I'm flapping. Well, you do have a lot on your mind. And sometimes I think maybe you overthink things a bit. Oh, I do. You know, I like do. you just said, you're looking out the window at the builder, you're trying to think about what I'm going to say, you're worried about getting sued. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whenever you open your mouth, you're worried about getting you're, sued. You're, um, you're thinking about the title, you're thinking about what we, exactly what we're going to talk about because you do often that you're the brainchild behind this and I just react. So I have got the easier job. Um, well, I don't know uh, if that's necessarily true, but I appreciate you saying it, but... I think at the minute to uh, have a bit of a heart to heart with the audience, <laughs> I, uh, I do have quite a lot of my plate in terms of planning. Like I'm a bit fed up of it now. So I always like the start of the year. We said this right at the beginning of 2022. I like the start of the year because it gives you a chance to kind of, you know, look at things with a fresh perspective and plan new projects and do things differently. And I, I've, I've been doing that, but I feel like I've been doing it for too long. I, I'm, I'm so caught up in planning and things like, and it's, End of February, and I'm like, I just want to get doing stuff. Now. Yeah. I'm spinning a few too many plates, and as I say, that building's back again to distract me. 
I'm easily distracted today. So I apologize, people. There might be a bit of rambling in today's episode, but but I'm determined now that we've started again to be more concise. Well, next week I'm going to put a blind up. So stop. Thank you. No, Thank because you. that's stop the right the thing to do. Yeah, it yeah. is. Just keep me focused. Yeah, because how, how, how you get distracted by a builder on the other side of the world, I don't really understand. <laughs> but okay, I mean, it wouldn't distract me. But do you want to swap seats? All right, so pro. Can you manage the rest of this I episode? I can manage. I'm going to stay Are focused. you sure? Yes, we're going to Shut die. your eyes. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm going to wear blinkers like a horse. <laughs> We're going to dive into it where I wanted to start off this episode by talking a little bit more about my new daily, the RS6, because last week we kind of left things on a bit of a cliffhanger, revealed the car in the last few seconds of the episode and then faded to black. Um, But now the main channel video has gone out. I've posted on Instagram. And whilst I don't want to drag out the My Next Daily series, any longer, because let's face it, it was long enough in the first place. Uh, A few points people made or a few things that I thought I would discuss and let you share your thoughts and opinions on my car because you didn't have a chance to do that last week. So I'll kick it off with a question. What do you think, Tony, of my new daily, the Audi RS6? Well, I think it's the best car you've ever had, boy. It's just as simple as that. I I cannot go in on you. I think it's absolutely perfect for what you want now it's it's a perfect car in general it literally ticks every box if i'm going to be really 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 pinnicky there's a few little bits and pieces inside that i would change technology wise it's one real fundamental reason that if i had a choice between that and the m5 i would just about pick an m5 and just, I just, I'm being really, honestly, mate, I'm being so pinnicky that I just think an M5 just drives down the road a little bit better. But, but if you want an estate car, that does everything with some power. There is no better car. It's just as simple as that. Yeah, that's it, it, the estate part is the part that won the RS6 for me because I yeah. did look at Alpina B5 Touring. Which um, would have been a disaster. Which would have been a disaster. Well, it could have been very cool, but financing-wise, which is how I buy my cars, thank you, Magnitude Finance, um, it was 500 quid, 600 quid more per month yeah, for yeah. the Alpina, which just made no sense and to And would have me. been worth less by the end. Uh, but, but yes, but yeah. I think that's a very good point. Um but the RS6, yes, whilst I have knocked it, and a lot of you did point out the fact, like, what the heck, Sam? Like, you've always said that this car's so boring. It's the obvious choice for people who have no imagination. And blah, blah, blah. and I did always feel that way. But when the newest version, the C8 version, launched, I was always kind of intrigued. I liked it a lot more than the last version. And I felt like that inherent sort of unnecessary hype around the car. Because you didn't fade. like the old car. I didn't like the old car. But why didn't you the like old, the old car? It's just big and heavy and cumbersome. And I, I didn't think it was that engaging to drive. I didn't think it looked that good. And it was kind of like, as I said, I think people just went, oh yeah, I was six best car in the world. Well, with the new one, I've seen less of them out and about. Mm. I feel like there's less of that kind of immediate, I don't know, like I just felt like it, 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 it had a better... Well, there's probably the there's probably less of them around. One because of the pandemic as well. You know, they they, they come out in 2020 or 2019. The, the, the back end of yeah. 19, but but early 2020, and that that was pandemic time. So that that will have a, a there'll be a reason behind it for sure. And as well, they they haven't they are a lot of money. Oh, so don't, don't have to tell me. <laughs> yeah, they, they are right a few quid, and rightly so because I really there's. They're fairly unrivaled for an estate car. You know, there's really 
nothing like them. And the good thing about them as well, they don't blow loads of money. You know, they really hold their money in general. Unless you put all the miles on like I'm going to do. <laughs> no, they're still, even, even when you look at the old shape, mate, I mean, Audi RS cars historically, they just hold their money. They mm. just do, you know? So, um, but this is, this is, these have been a step up in price. But obviously what, what this new car is compared to the old one, there was a lot more of the old ones because they were doing deals on them. Oh, okay. They don't so much on this car. They will, they will, they probably won't at the moment, but you might get a, couple of percent or five percent off or whatever but in the old cars they were doing 15 percent off you know when you think 2016 and what when they were out to 15 and all that cars were being absolutely binned out the yeah, door okay. so that they, that were, they be, were everywhere they were everywhere yeah. yeah so that 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 and they were cheaper as well so 20 yeah. 20 000 quid cheaper probably so um, yeah. And because they were around for a while, in sort of some production years, you could pick up a used one at fairly good value, you know, sort of, a, a, and it made what was always a very attractive car to a lot of people fairly affordable. So you saw them knocking around again and say, on the yeah. And so, no, look, I did, the old one wasn't for me. The new one's always intrigued me. There's a, there's still a lot that I need to figure out. It, it's a huge car. Like, yeah. It is massive. I'd underestimated the size of the thing. I'd really underestimated how bad it is in fuel economy, but. I was buying. I mean, it's a it's a super estate. Like it's it's basically a sports car wrapped up in an estate body. Uh, yeah, I wasn't buying anything that was going to do amazing MPGs. I was a I was aware, but maybe not prepared at quite how bad it was. Yeah, I mean, modern cars, mate. They are big now. They are just massively big. big. You know, I'm still driving the Range Rover, and I know it's not really a comparison, but I was behind an an old Austin Mini the other day. Oh my God. And uh, uh, honestly, mate... Could have fit it in the passenger seat. <laughs> uh, you, you could... Uh, honestly, the Mini was probably the width and size of the bonnet. Yeah, outrageous. Like... Outrageous. You, I, I could almost drive over the car. <laughs> That's how... That, I know you're talking yeah. about a big SUV to a, to, a, to a Mini, but even the modern Mini is, 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 is a big car now. When you look at the Countryman and, and the um, the Clubman yep, yep, and yep, stuff yep. like that, they're big. Not, they're big. Absolutely. So the Audi RS6 can't be the old one from 15 years ago. I mean, there's a lot of safety equipment in them now as well, which is why they're a lot heavier and there's a lot of tech. and It fits into the sort of global size of cars, yeah. but it's just it just is big. Um, but... You know, I'm hoping and assuming and already finding out that all the positives, all the benefits outweigh those those sort of side of things. So, you know, firstly, I've moved a little bit further outside of London, so I, I don't have to bother with width restrictions as often. And I've got a bit more space to manoeuvre around. And yeah, size, the size actually hasn't been an issue for no, me, no, uh, no, at no. all yet. No, no, no. Um, and it's got 3D surround cameras for parking. Yeah, it's even yeah. got park assist. It's got all that. That doesn't, that doesn't really bother me. Fuel economy fine as I knew I was aware of. But for all the positives, as you could imagine, in terms of... Well, the emotional thing, it's what, what you, we, we talked about when I dropped the X3 with you down at Gravelwood. And you said, it's the new car, pull on those heartstrings. It, every time I walk up to it, I'm like, oh my God, this thing is so cool. When I'm yeah. driving, i got that big V8 rumble and it's a very nice place to be in the yeah. interior. So it's doing everything I wanted it and hoped it would do. The boot is massive. Twiggy seems very happy back there. Vicky hates it. The whole car forgets, really? refusing to drive it at this point. Really? Yeah, yeah, flat out refusing to driving it. I was going to ask it, how she's Calls it the Chavmobile. Yeah. Why? Yeah, because of the Chavin Mills. It's very poor Wallace. Uh, no, yeah, she's not. Yeah, she's fuming. She's not. fuming. Um, so. I mean, I'd be fuming if I was married to you, but what, <laughs> what I'm saying is, is that 
No, it's not a Chav mobile, no. mate. And it will win her around because what I <laughs> am I'm really pleasantly surprised by is how good it is at the comfy stuff. Yeah. I mean, of course, it's a you know big hunking RS6. It's, yeah. it's about power and performance as well. But um, I'm finding the ride very comfortable. I've seen a few mm. people say, oh, it's still a bit too crashy in, in comfort mode, but I, I don't find that at all. No, we're near as bad as the Merc, as the E-Class. Yeah, the, the E-Class. E that's super terrible, solid. Yeah. So. And it's weird because that always used to be the month, most comfortable of the three. Oh, but, that's interesting. Uh, arguably now you'd say that the BMW is the most comfortable of the three, mm. but I, I, I think the RS, for comfort, I think the RS6 probably just pips all three of them. I think, I'm, I'm just going trying to go back in my head now, but the Merc is definitely the most uncomfortable for sure. Yeah, and you know, I've seen a few other people sort of saying, well, you know, because you're just basically pointing out, you know, M5, RS6, E63. Well, that's the, they're the three competitors. Obviously, a you can absolutely. throw the Panamera in if you wanted, but... Uh, I, I would agree, slightly different, but my point was going to be SUVs, which is obviously where I started my hunt, and a yeah. lot of people saying, oh, well, you know, why, if, you know, Vicky's so upset, why not get an RSQ8, or why did you make this jump? But... The estate thing is just, firstly, if I was going to be spending equivalent 120 or grand or whatever on an SUV, for me, I inherently want something a bit more dynamic and, yeah. and sporty. That's a ton of money on an SUV. And once I decided that I was going to spend all this cash on my daily and I felt like I wanted to reward myself, the car that I was driving the most should be the car that... You did know, you consider an RSQ8? No, I never considered an RSQ8, but I did look at a Bentayga. I did look at the V8 Defender. I did look at Range of Sport SVR. Why didn't you, why didn't you consider an RSQ8? Um, I, you like them? I Well, I did-ish. I drove one last year. I didn't love it. I have said, mm. I didn't love it. It doesn't um, drive like a Euros, does it? To surplus what everyone thinks on social yeah, media. It's you know, not as special, is it? It's nowhere near as no. special. And it's sort of nice, but I, it definitely didn't pull on my heart. It's just strings. nice. It's just nice. It's just nice. Correct. Whereas the RS6 is like, oh, RS6. Yeah. Judging by the reaction on Instagram and some of the amazing comments I've seen on YouTube, people get excited by the idea of that car. Well, the yeah. RSQ8, not so much. And as I say, once I got to that 100 grand bracket and I was starting to consider cars at that money, I was like... Oh, I think if I'm spending that much, I want something which I could take on a sports car rally or down to the Alps. And, and the RS6, you can do you that. Can, you can really yeah. trash it. Yeah. Uh, or thrash it, sorry. Um, whereas an SUV is always going to be a little bit flawed once you start getting onto the real twisties. So. Yeah, especially in that price bracket. Like I said, if you went if you went up a notch, then you'd easily find an SUV that's as capable as a as an RS6 for sure. Sure, but, sure. But... In that price bracket, one hundred to one hundred twenty grand, there really isn't anything, mate. Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing better than an RS six for sure. I, I, I think you've picked a good car there. Well, thank you very much. For I, a change. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I surprised everyone by picking a car that everyone actually likes. Yeah. Because yeah. usually when I unveil my dailies, everyone's like, "Oh, what?" Yeah. I think people were expecting me to come out with something really strange, which I was tempted to do. Yeah. There were some weird cars that I'd found, some stuff on collecting cars and car and classic and yeah. the back end of Auto Trader that I was like, that would be so tempting. And actually just to give you a bit of credit and I have said this five minutes ago but we started again by the way <laughs> but but the reason why you probably didn't like the old car is because of your lifestyle because sure. of, because uh, you know we, we're going back four years or five years when you know you was in your mid-twenties you wasn't married you, you lived didn't in have London a dog. didn't have a dog you know you probably just thought that car's not for me but now the new car is for you it completely suits your lifestyle and suits what you want out of a car and you're allowed to change your mind, mate. Yeah, no, of course, uh, you know, of like, course. And I think it's interesting that I have. Yeah. You know, I think it's super interesting that I have. So no, I'm very, bit very too excited. too-faced, but it is very... 
Bit hypocritical, but says one thing on the main channel, says another thing on the podcast. We never know where he's at. Yeah. Um, you watch this space, I'll be buying another McLaren for what see before you know it. Uh, um, but one car that did nearly change my mind at the last minute. Oh, you didn't tell me this? Oh. The new Ford Ranger Raptor. Did you see this? I have. A V6 <gasps> engine. With a nearly 300 horsepower V6. Oh, it looks they? like the F-150. You had that blue old yeah, chip did, one yeah. you loved it. Yeah. And what I didn't like about it was it was a little bit underpowered, although it was loads better than the normal Ranger. I know it's only 20 or 30 horsepower difference, but it had a 10-speed gearbox in it, which really helped. Um, and obviously, it's got proper car suspension so it does drive down the road nice that car or truck whatever it is but that would appeal to me mate yeah. one of them yeah I, I think that I, I've always loved the idea of an American truck you know like a truck and I've talked yeah. about it before here on the podcast looks, looks nice it looks the bomb yeah and you know I don't have the need for one and, and they don't really they don't really have a sort of uh, not a purpose, but an identity in the UK. You know, people don't use pickup trucks as leisure vehicles. No. You do get them used in, in the trade for towing and things like that, but people don't just cruise around in trucks like they do in America. Mm. Hello to our US viewers, by the way, um, or listeners. Uh, but I just, I do like the idea of it. Yeah. Maybe I'm, I'm going to message Ford and I'm going to ask to take one somewhere cool, like Iceland or something. 50,000 quid or more, that truck will be. Mm. And it's not commercial. Because it's got car suspension, you see, like you see all these Amaroks, the Volkswagen Amaroks and the Ford Rangers and all these other Hiluxes and stuff. And the builders love them, even if they use them as personal cars, because they can use them as, as personal stroke commercial vehicles and use them as a company car and have the VAT back on them and stuff. Mm -hmm. Whereas this Ranger, you can't do that. And another thing with the Ranger, because it's got normal suspension on it, you can't load it up. So it won't take as much weight as a, as a normal conventional pickup truck. So it's a bit of a show pony. It's this is exactly mm. what it is. I mean, I, I really liked driving that Range Rover. Cool. It was just cool, yeah. And you stood even like when I said like I'm driving a Range Rover now, and even when you pulled up to a Range Rover, it looks small. Do you know what I mean? It's a bit like Defender. It's a bit like Defender because when you're in Defender, you're big and up high, and the thing's brutish, and you've got to run and jump in it. But fundamentally, it actually falls down at the sort of purpose that it's supposed to serve. So, mm, um, yeah. Like, I, did you watch Harry's video yet? Harry's Garage about no. the commercial? No. You know, I was so pleased that he said some of the things he said because, you know, he's a farmer using commercial one yeah. like he should. Yeah. And a lot of the foibles that I have with the Defender, he agreed with. You know, you can't fit things in the door correctly. Stuff doesn't lie down flat. Things are too heavy. Like, just all the stuff which I think is flawed about Defender, he yeah. agreed with. And he's using the using it as you really should use a Defender. So, yeah. um, actually, alongside that, suddenly made me think that some initial videos and tests came out of Grenadier. So, uh, Henry Catchpole, Carfection, mm. um, Matt Watson. By the way, my Audi RS6 is not Matt Watson's ex-RS6. He had a he had an Audi press loan for Did six he? months, which was Viper Green. Do you know your Audi greens very well? Uh, well? I know there's a Larry Green and there's a there's a darker green that you got. There's five different greens. Okay, fine. And he, he had a green with tan car, which wasn't my car. It was an Audi press car. When I revealed my name, I was like, oh, is this Matt Watson's car? I was like, no. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so a few people went out and drove that Grenadier thing on some mud ruts and it just, it just looked... Oh, it looked so excitingly it, cool. It, it looked what it should look. Yeah. Uh, it, it looked, it should be in the right, it's in that right place. In the right place. Yeah. Early. So uh, I can't even remember what I was thinking about. But yeah, Defender, I think similar 
issues to maybe Ranger Raptor where looks the part is cool as a lifestyle accessory great but actually if you want to properly use something you can go out and get something discovery yeah, Dunbar discovery just because that is the best Land Rover it's just as simple as that it does everything that a Defender does and more it's cheaper and it's loads more practical so just go and buy Discovery. There you go. Um, now, I do want to touch on the new Morgan three-wheeler, but we're going to do it probably next week or in the future because I need more information about it and I'm going to get more information. So, I more, no, 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 but you will. We're, we're going to get into it. Just, just saying that we haven't forgot it because I'm about to say something, which is there's not much other car news to discuss. And before I said that, I don't want to go, what about the new Morgan? So <laughs> just getting that out of the way. Um, before we jump into a Q&A, which is what today is basically all about, a uh, huge thanks to our patrons, uh, obviously always huge thanks to our patrons, um, but also a whole lot of people on Instagram for submitting some questions, which we're going to go through in a second. Before we dive into that, thought we could quickly talk about the F1. I mean, yeah. We're not supposed to call it testing. We're supposed to call it a shakedown, but it was testing. The mm. first time we've seen cars on track for 2022. Um, and obviously, don't worry, after mm. the checkered flag, my F1 special series with Paul Wallace is making a return in 2022. But bore off, he's not here today. So let's, you and I talk about it. <laughs> uh, what were your initial impressions of firstly seeing the cars, what the cars look like, the storylines from testing? Yeah, fa- fairly hard to predict at this stage and we don't really know a great deal very interesting how they all seem to have different aero and different setups um you can read absolutely nothing into the times in terms of lap times and stuff it means nothing you know half the time they're probably just cruising around um i don't really have a great deal to say um interesting in some of the drivers comments in terms of um how they how they feel the you know the season's gonna pan out, and some of the some of the massy fallout as well. And there seems to be some sort of two separate camps, don't there? There like does pro Red Bull Verstappen, pro Hamilton Mercedes. Absolutely, yeah. It does seem that the the grid is is split. Um, it'd be very interesting this year for sure. So, and what um, do you think of the way the cars look fundamentally? Yeah, I mean, to me, like an F one car is an F one car. I mean can you really change an F1 car that much? I mean, they have changed it, obviously. I can see that the wings and the wheels and the aero is loads different. Engines, the same? Yep. Same engines, yeah. So, uh, same powers, same... Torque um, levels and... I think they've changed some of the MGUs. Okay. Um, to put more of a reliance on MGUK. Someone help me out here. I need a F1 <laughs> tech nerd. Um, but fundamentally, the powertrains... They're similar. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah, if not, nearly identical. Yeah, nearly identical. It's so, all a move towards aero. This is all a move towards ground ground effect aero, uh, less aero on the front with the wings, um, different yeah profiles around the uh, air moving around the car. Obviously, the big thing is the bigger wheels change of tyres and they, they, uh, they've obviously put covers over the wheels why have they done that is that literally for aero for another following aero, yeah it's another uh, the, the, the aim was to improve racing so okay. they're trying to get rid of the wash behind the car the, the sort of wake that cars would create making it hard to follow because yeah. obviously if you're an F1 car you need clean air giving you maximum downforce if you get into dirty air which is where the air is moving around because you're following a car in front of you um, you don't get the same effect so that it's harder to keep up the same speed which is normally within a second Roughly, mm, yeah, point. second, second and a half, yeah, yeah that sort like of that. thing. Which is why you always see sometimes the faster car, especially last year. You, we could see it loads of times with Lewis and Max, where they would get within a second and a second and a half, and they can't 
They can't make the time up unless they've got new tyres or unless their car's much faster because you need to be... Is it free... Is it three seconds a lap faster to overtake? I, I think it would depend on so many factors. Okay. But yes, you have to have a significant... I don't think it's as much as three seconds, but I think you'd have to have a significant advantage Correct. over the person in front to be able to, yes, basically break through that dirty That's air. right, yeah. Um, and, and usually that was, was coming down to a tyre advantage. But, yeah. but no, I mean, I'm sort of with you. You know, firstly, let me just come out and say that, yeah, I, I'm definitely... There'll be people much more clued up on firstly the sport, but also the tech and the new rules for 2022. So forgive us or me if there was anything that we said there which was slightly wrong and feel free to comment below uh, if you have a better understanding of, of the rules for 2022. But I I think the cars look great. Firstly, I think the liveries are out of this world this year. I'm going to applaud all the teams for fantastic liveries. Well, they've really, really l- like honed in on the on the livery. They've really made a fuss, haven't they, this yep. year as well? More more so Fine. than normally. Yeah, because you just yeah. have a refresh of the year they before. Just go, there but, you go, there's the livery. So, yeah. really happy about that. But, on track, I'm sort of with you that apart from the increase in the front wing height, the cars don't fundamentally look that different. Mm. I think what will be interesting is if you saw a 22 car and a 21 car on track at the same time, yeah. how different they may look. Or in six months' time, if we see footage from previous years. But actually, actually, I don't think the cars look as revolutionary different yet. Maybe, well, let's, let's wait and see until we see them all on track and racing and things like that. But hey, look, I'm excited and intrigued. Whenever you get such a huge rule change like this, it creates the opportunity for... Uh, unpredictable race results and I think the first three to five races will be fairly unpredictable as people figure it out reliability seems to be absolutely immense uh, which is good for for racing Um, but I think as the development war continues this year which is what we're going to see you might have one team start the year incredibly strong and then fall back or the teams catch up so Yeah. yeah lots to look forward to but fundamentally the car's liveries are amazing. What's your favourite? Uh, Ferrari. Yeah, Ferrari. Ferrari's my favourite. Oh, I'm, just, I'm still all the... Charles Leclerc, 2022. It's happening. I, I mean, I, I really do want... And I and I honestly think that Ferrari will be there or thereabouts. We spoke about this off camera. Mm. I, I'm not sure they're going to have enough to win, but I, I, I genuinely think they've probably got a chance. I think powertrain-wise, they are right there. Yeah, for sure. And remember that this is what they've geared up to be as well. So you'd like to think they're going to... Listen, they should know, at least get some victories. Oh. At least, at least. If not, I'm, I'm giving up. In, in recent years, they're 200 points off. The I mean, that's a joke, mate. You know what I mean? So, you know, they really got to close the gap. It's a really big gap to close. Um, who do I want to win? Obviously, I want Lewis to win the championship. I'd be really, really interested to see how Russell gets on. Mm-hmm. Um, because we spoke about this a little bit off camera as well, apart from Rosberg and Button, no one in general ever beats Lewis. And everyone who's going to come out and say, what about Alonso? They drew on points. Yeah, and it was his first or well, second season. It was his first season. He, was, was, his a, first, he was a rookie and he, he drew on points with the current two-time world champion. So yeah. just, just before uh, you all jump in, it's like, hold on a second. I'm glad you said that because I, yeah. I I knew that you, you yeah, loads yeah, more yeah, better yeah. at but, statistics but, but, than we, me. We've spoken about this before and someone's gone, well, actually, Alonso. Like, anyway. uh, uh, yeah, Ross yeah. Bergen Button beat Calm down, Alonso fans. Yeah. I mean, he's good, but he's not that good. <laughs> he's old. <laughs> How old? You know, he's we're 40. Gonna, we're going to eat our words when he wins everything this year. But uh, at the launch of the new Alpine, he's standing there next to Oscar Piastri, F2 champ, looking like a, you know, 
baby-faced, whatever. And Ocon, I looked at Alonso and I was like, mate, you need a wheelchair. Yeah. He so but old. I, but he does look old, but... Okay, I'm going to ask you this. He's three years older than Lewis. Yep. Lewis is 37, he's 40. Yeah. If you give Alonso the car, yeah. does he win a championship? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. He wins a championship. Does he win a championship over... Hamilton, Verstappen, Leclerc, Russell, Norris. No, I, does, does, does he, I think if Alonso had been in the Mercedes for the last six years, would he have won all those championships? Yes. Alonso is undoubtedly one of the greatest drivers. Let me ask you another question. Let me ask you another question. If he's in Russell's seat this year, does he win the championship? So I'm just going to say purely based on the fact that in Hamilton's rookie year, despite what Alonso said on the F1 podcast, uh, whenever he did that last year, 2007, Alonso had to be in or around his peak. He had just won two world championships against Michael Schumacher. In his in, 20s. In 2006, going head-to-head head with Schumacher. Mm. He had to be in or around his peak. So he, he spoke about saying he had a bit of an off year. There was a lot of person. Doesn't matter. As mm. a driver, he had to be near his peak. And Hamilton, as a rookie, matched him and very nearly beat him. A, th- a few strategic errors and maybe the pressure get, got to Hamilton a bit. So if that was then... You've got to think now with the experiences that they've both had, I would put Hamilton to beat Alonso over a championship. I do think Alonso is one of the greatest drivers Formula One's ever seen that hasn't got the championships or the results that maybe uh, um, reflect his talent. But there's a reason for that. Mm. And because of the last 10 years, he hasn't been there fighting for championships. Yeah, And... Hamilton proved last year what experience at fighting for championships can do for you. Okay, fine. He ended up losing, but he was able to apply himself, maybe a little bit too late in the day, which Paul and I said at our season review. But, he, you know, Alonso has been not in that position for so long. I would just put my money on Hamilton. But against a younger foe, let's say it's Alpine versus Ferrari, could Alonso sneak a championship over Leclerc and Sainz? Yeah. I think he could, and what a, what a story it would be. Yeah. But I just don't like the guy. Because <laughs> okay. he was Schumacher's foe. I can't get over that. Yeah, yeah. no, I, 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 I don't... I can take him or leave him as yeah, well. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you one more question, because I know you probably want to go to Q&A, but I'm going to ask you one more question. Who wins the championship this year? It's very hard to I predict. I think it's we know hard to predict. It's probably a bit early, but... but um, Okay, I we haven't even spoke about Verstappen, by the way. He's a world champion. We haven't spoke about it. So that's, I mean, we're being a bit... Why, we, why do we need to speak about it? No, no, no. It's not so, that we don't so need well. to speak about him. I mean, he's the world champion. He had champion, a very quiet mate. test. He had a very quiet test. As did Hamilton. We haven't spoken about Hamilton. We're just speaking about Alonso. Yeah, I suppose. But but he is world champion. We perhaps calm, should calm down, don't but give, big him up just a little bit. I mean, he, he's he's world champion, mate. He's, so. Yeah, he's defending world champion. Can he, is he going to win it this year? Defending. Um, I, I, I genuinely think it's not possible to say. It is too early. I think from reading at it, we've got potential for Mercedes, Red Bull and Ferrari to be the the three leading or most competitive teams for the first handful of races. So Ferrari, Ferrari, Mercedes and Red Bull. I think McLaren and Alpine are then there or thereabouts. So I think we could be in for a mega first five races of the year. I think Ferrari's supposed advantage after this shakedown will be very quickly worn away. And I don't think Mercedes or... I think definitely not Red Bull showed their hand in that shakedown. No. So, hey, if the car is there, Verstappen is champion. 
Yeah. We know this. Unfortunately, this is the truth of Formula One. The driver is only a, a part of the winning success. Yeah. So if the car has an obvious advantage, Verstappen's champion, I think- But you need both. Verstappen's champion over uh, Perez, for sure. Yeah. So if there's an evil playing field, which we get a Mercedes versus Red Bull situation, yeah, I, it's too early to say. I, yeah. I will, with Paul, I will make my prediction at the end of the proper preseason near, test. Near the time. Yeah, end of Bahrain yeah. test. We're going to make our preseason predictions, but- Let's wait and see. Who, who knows? How exciting. How exciting that we have no idea. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. So yes, as you said, let's move on to our Q&A because that was theoretically the point of today's episode because there's just not a lot been happening recently. Actually, you know what? What we should touch upon and we, we're not going to touch upon it too much because we try not to make this a political podcast. Oh, no, this was coming. No, but I think I, I'm just going to say one thing. I'll see whether you say anything at all. Of course, we are aware of the war taking place in Ukraine at the yeah. moment. And we're not ignoring it. Of course, there's people who say it seems a bit insensitive just to be carrying on with car chat and car news and talking about buying sports and supercars and things like that. I get it. I totally get it. But the fundamentals are that this is a, a hopefully an entertaining podcast to give you light relief from whatever troubles are going on in the world or in your world. And of course, I will say my thoughts are 100% with anyone affected by the war anyone affected yeah. by the war and so that's all i'm going to say but i didn't want you to think that we're just here completely ignoring the fact that it's taking place yeah um it's obviously a major thing for the world to be going through so yeah but fingers crossed we're light relief that's the aim of this podcast we don't want to talk about things that maybe we don't always fully understand. yeah actually i should sure. say talk about things we don't understand we do that every week yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, we're, that's literally what our podcast we've done is. it for 35 yeah. minutes so far <laughs> So no, just want to touch on that. So yeah, uh, let's move into the Q&A. So got a whole range of questions here. Um, start off with Tom Smith. Uh, going off the back of what we've just been talking about with the RS6, actually. He's saying Merc E53 AMG, mm. RS4 or M34i, all estates, all around a similar price used and in the same competitive bracket, which would you choose to live with daily? Can I just say very quickly, we obviously do have the M3 Touring coming, but that will be a price above the RS4 and the E53 on the Well, the market. E53, I don't think competes. Oh, it should be the C, shouldn't it? It should be the C. 43. 43. Yeah, the E53 competes with an S6 or a BMW 550 yeah. or something like that, you know? So uh, uh, I would have an RS4 over them. Free that I, it, you know, what was the BMW equivalent? M340i. I'd have yeah. the 340i touring. I'd have the RS4. Fair enough. But yeah, interesting. Um, Mo Bella, what age did you get your license? Uh, me or you? You. Uh, oh, God, uh, well, 17. We're straight away, right? Yeah, first time. First time straight through? Three minor faults. Bish bash bosh. Well, I've got bus, How, li- got you, bus license, by the way. So, we, we know. Got one, got one <laughs> minor fault on, on the bus. Test. On that one um, minor fault. What, do you remember what your three faults were on your main driving license? No, no. I mean, mate, it was 20 odd years ago. I got uh, wheel spin, going up a hill, did a little burnout. I did um, pulling out too soon at a roundabout and splashing, splashing an old lady <laughs> in a, with a puddle, which I didn't know was a minor. Really? Those, I got three minors as well. And those are my three minors. Yeah, I, d- I don't remember what they did were. You, did you get to 17 years old? Because I, I what, what's the age now for 
license. Same. So, did you get to seventeen? Then go through your learning process and then take your test, or did, did you sort of already <coughs> cheekily know how to drive and just? No, no, I was driving. Mate, I used to drive to school at fifteen. <laughs> I don't know if you're supposed to say that on a thing that we're publishing. Well, it don't matter now. I guess it's a bit not. like now. Sure. But yeah, I used to hide the car around the corner from my mum. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, yeah so, so you literally just went into So I was the same. So I, I, I used got to, four lessons. Yeah, I used to drive my mum's car yeah, in yeah. around the countryside. So yeah. that's, I, I, in I the knew. garden. In the, <laughs> amongst the in estate. The fi- <laughs> in the fields. So, yes, Alfred, I'm going to be doing a few laps <laughs> around the 60 acres today. <laughs> 60, is that all? Well, that was the garden. Oh, okay, yeah, fine. If you want to talk about the land? Oh, okay, six thousand. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was the same as you. I think I literally, I think I took my test two weeks after turning seventeen or something like that. Yeah, no, no lessons straight in, and then the three minor. And obviously, when I was six, we sound like we're showing off now. We sound like we're bragging, don't we? Yeah, no lessons straight in, mate. Yeah, when I was sixteen as well, I was working in the. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Bus garage. So I was driving buses at 16 on private land. So I, I knew how to drive, essentially. And he was drinking beer at nine years old. Um, okay. Was so, I? I don't know. No. Sounds no. like we're going down that route. Ten. Uh, Jim, obs... Oh, Jim. What? Jim oh, Jim. Osbaldiston? Oh, well done. I guess. Just Jim. Um, hi, Sam. If you and Tony had 100k each and had to buy one car which you could not sell and had to drive as your only car for the rest of your life, what would it be? 911. If you don't use the whole budget, you'll lose it. You have to pay, run, and insure, and maintain it each year. Well, okay, hold on a sec, because you've made it a little too complicated there at the end, Jim. I heard you say 911, so immediately my head was like, what's the most... What's the most affordable turbo I could buy? 911. Could you get a 991.2 turbo for 100k mm, or oh, a bit too much? Bit, I think a bit more than that. Because of the I astronomical mean, money of the 992. I'd just buy a 911 Carrera S. I'd do. just buy a 992 Carrera S, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'd One buy. car for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah, perfect. I think you'd be all right. Two-year servicing, don't go wrong. Sounds like a bore. I mean, it's an obvious answer no, for the Behind the Glass podcast, but yeah. I, don't, I don't think you could do much better than that, no, could you? No, you can't. Yeah, sorry, Jim. <laughs> Thought we were going to debate that a bit longer, but we both have the exact same. You said it as I was thinking it. So, uh, Kezti. 
Neil, I don't know how to pronounce. I know. Neil, who's anyway, what's Kez, his name? Kez T. Ke- what's his first K-E-Et name? K E at Neil. Oh, oh, Neil. Where do you both see yourself and your businesses in five years? Oh, I'll be Ooh. on a yacht. <laughs> on a yacht with Philip Green. <laughs> no, no, I don't think. You, no, he's not a popular character these days. Well, I don't care if he's popular. He's got a nice boat in Monaco. I'm not sure he does. I think he's about to go to jail, isn't he? No, well, I think well, the boat's about to be t- t- taken away from him. <laughs> no, he's not. Tax he's evasion la- and fraud. No, he's not. I he's, think he is. No, he's, he's done, mate. He's sitting on the boat with his feet up, enjoying himself. Well, I don't I'm think he's going to go to prison. I'm going to choose better company. <laughs> I'll be on a boat with Kendall Jenner. Uh, sorry, and Vicky, my wife. <laughs> Cut that bit out, Ben. Um, so Five years is too soon for you for a boat, mate. You've got no, no, more, no, I don't want to be on a boat. That was your dream. So you genuinely, as in retired? Let's be, let's be serious no. for a second. Let's be serious for a second. Five years, come on. So for your business, where would you like Gravelwood to be in five years' time? What would you like, if anything, to be different? Well, if I could change anything, I don't really want to grow the business anymore um, because I have other interests as well and I plan to continue with other interests. Gravelwood is my main business but I do have other interests. If I could change anything about the business, uh, we we would like to buy somewhere for sure. We uh, 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 A unit or a, a, a facility? A facility, yeah. yeah. So we, re- we rent, we lease our unit at the moment and we'd like to buy somewhere and I have been trying to find somewhere and and I have looked for quite a long time not really focused my whole world on looking but I have looked for quite a long time and and um I've I've never found anywhere that really suits but but yeah I'd like to be in somewhere that we own so if you're a commercial real estate <laughs> yeah. and you think you've got a property just right for Gravelwood Car Sales, get in touch. Um, yeah. At Tony Gravelwood Car Sales on Instagram. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Kent, Surrey area, please. Thank you. So you would potentially like to, to rehome Gravelwood. Yeah. You're wanting to expand on or grow other interests that you have, other other business opportunities? Yeah, I'd like, I'd like to have some more property... Um, to take you away from gravel no, or just to, alongside? No, 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 no. Um, I've still got another 30 years of work, mate. But I'm thinking a bit more long-term when I, f- when I finish. I haven't really thought about that before, but I know I've still got most of my adult life, still working life, but I'm thinking like when I get to retirement. So, um, yeah, I'd probably like to build a bit more of a, property profile a few more properties yeah i'm not sure in what form i've got a couple already but you know i'd 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 like to build on that if i could i think that's a good i mean so basically you do still have quite significant goals of course which i think is obviously important and they change ever changing do you ever have goals that you've set yourself that you're working towards and you just go out with a load of crap never so once you've set a goal and you're on your way to it you'll never change your course no and Even you, if you think, oh, it's not worth it anymore. Because a goal's always worth chasing. But There's no point in having a goal otherwise. What if the goal was to become the leading diesel dealership in the UK? But I wouldn't have such a stupid goal. <laughs> no, no, no. But there will be times in your life where <laughs> you will go down a path because of your own beliefs or because of global situations, which with time another opportunity may steer you away from it or you may realise it's not still the, f- the best way to push the business. There, there will be things that change your course in life. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, you got a point. I mean, most goals that I've had up to now have all been money motivated, obviously, because that's how I think you should always um, grow a business. It should always be, unfortunately, it is what it's about, whether we like it or not. The world revolves around money and sometimes it's a horrible way to think about it. But I don't really have money goals anymore. I'd, I set myself other goals. Okay. So, um, life goals, basically. Yeah. And then they are harder to be pulled away from because once it, you've set them there. Yeah, because they're, they're, they're foundations at that point. You know, I'm, I'm just f- trying to find my way towards the end of my working life, but I'm just doing it now why I'm still grafting and earning money, I might as well think about it now. And when I get to that point, then I've already done it. There's yeah. no point thinking about that in when you're 65 and you're going to retire at 70. It's not enough time. So, you know, goals are all about planning as well. And you you should always plan. And, and if you have a goal or you have an ambition, I always find you should always try and stick to it. If you believe in that, you should always try and stick to it. People that jump between paths and goals they never you should always stick at something find something you're good at and stick at it as long as you're good at it and you know you can earn some money stick at it i agree all i will caveat that with is that don't be scared to change your path that's no 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 no, no. I, I know a lot of younger listeners or people who who email me or whatever and they feel like the decision they're making at 23 24 in terms of a career choice is that is that that's it for life? Oh, I've got to work out what I want to do and put everything into it. I'm like, hey, I, I had three or four different careers before I became a YouTuber, for sure, and I didn't predict at any point ever that I was going to become a YouTuber. So, all I'm saying is that you can work really hard on, at something or work in a real, but also don't be afraid that at some point you can't change your mind or or, or find a new direction or a new path. You're not a failure necessarily as long as you're choosing a new. You're not giving up. You're choosing a a new goal, a new perspective for the right reasons. Yeah, and that can also depend on whether you work for yourself and if you work for someone as well. So that would apply a lot more if you have a career in something and then you don't like that and you want to change your career and then you're changing your path. But if you have a business and you believe in your business and you believe you can make a success of it, you should stick with it. For sure. That, yeah, don't give up at the first hurdle. Don't give up. Yeah, de- definitely don't give up was no. my point, but but also don't be afraid of recognising like, you know, like old Simon Cowell in the X Factor, you know, if you're shit singing, just don't sing. Like, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you can also accept that, you know, maybe sometimes you have to find a new path or a new goal, um, but yeah, don't just give up because you're feeling lazy. Yeah. Um, uh, I think for me, five years time, uh, an evolution of what I'm doing now, I'm really super happy with the way that I'm running the channel and the business at the moment. I would like in five years behind the glass to be the biggest podcast in the UK. Yeah. That's a goal of mine. Yeah. I'd yeah, love to push that, this to expand over and yeah. above just the car audience, you know, to really cement behind the glass as one of the leading podcasts yeah. in, in the UK. There's a real community. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which, you know, fundamentally, that's why we love this, I think, is the community yeah. we're building. So that's for sure a goal. Uh, the channel, as I say, like, uh, what I'm loving is that this year I'm creating content I want to create. I don't feel any pressure to create content that I feel like I need to create. So every video I've been super proud of, I have the time to create, I want to create. So, you know, honing in on that and, yeah, various goals that are attributed um, with that and some cool opportunities that are bubbling along. Yeah. Outside of that. Um, uh, DV24, any recommendations for finding good driving routes for a Euro road trip? 
we have touched on this before. I mean, just just go, <laughs> just go, go, go. I mean, first there's a load of websites out there telling you great roads to check out uh, anywhere within the kind of French, Italian, Swiss Alps. Just go to the Alps. Just go to the Alps. Just go to the Alps. Uh, Northern Spain, stunning. Portugal, stunning. I mean, you can find so. Once I'm you going to Europe, Oh, lovely. Yeah, Spain and Portugal. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. Oh, just, you can find some unbelievable. The, the 296 GTB drive was yeah. down near Seville. And the road we went on, oh my God, it was one of the most amazing drives. And I bet there was no one on it. No one on it. Yeah. And I said to the front, I was like, how did you find this? We, we did two months of recce. Yeah. We knew we wanted to be this part of, of Europe and we just did two months just driving, driving. We found the road and we were like, perfect. Yeah. Legend. So you can find them. They're all out there. I can't give you too many more tips than that, I'm afraid. But if you want to be lazy, just go to the Alps. Yeah. Exactly. Just as simple as that. Straight away. Uh, Carrera Cam, if you had to trade your 360 for a car, of the same value, what would it be? Tony will tell you the value is about 25K. I'm going to pretend it's around 85. Um, <laughs> He's optimistic. <laughs> you know what? So I did, um, I, went, I went on another podcast recently. Oh, look at me. How dare you? Traitor. Without me? Yeah. The Driven Chat Well, that chat wouldn't podcast. have been as good. <laughs> sure the audience would agree. The Driven Chat Podcast, very interesting. And I reminded myself of something which I'd probably forgotten, which was really my, a lot of my love or passion for Ferrari road cars started with a film that Nicolas Cage was in called The Family Man, where he drove a, actually it was a 550 Maranello in my head. I always thought it was a 575. And I've been looking at 575s a lot recently, just from a lust point of view, not that I'm really ever going to go and buy one, but if I had to get rid of the 360, I'd swap it for another Ferrari of the similar era and it would be a 575. Can you imagine actually just going on the podcast? Can you imagine if some another podcast invite, we would just overtake their podcast because we oh, would just- if, uh, As a combo. They, as a combo. Oh, disaster. We, we would just literally go into professional mode yeah, yeah, and they'd be, be out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'd just be talking- I'd quite like it though. If you've funny. got a podcast out there and you want something like to join or come on as a guest, <laughs> invite us. We're actually quite keen. It'd be quite funny, yeah. yeah. Um, Kev's Kells, uh, should I put a high or low deposit in a PCP deal? I'm going to lean towards you on that, Tony. Um, it don't matter. It doesn't make no odds because if you're the wrong way, you still got to pay when you get out anyway. So. I think they recommend around 10%, right? Yeah. Theoretically. But, uh, yeah, but, but ultimately, it, it doesn't matter because you're still responsible at the end, yeah, regardless. But, but, but hold on a sec because, you know... <laughs> what you're doing is you're deciding about your monthly. Do you want to put 20 grand into a deal with the risk of only getting 10 grand back just so that you pay a few hundred quid less per month? Or do you want to put 10 grand in, pay a few hundred quid more per month and maybe get nine back or 10 back? That's kind of... Or nothing. So what I think what he's trying to say is, is that do I put a grand deposit in and pay more money or just, just keep the payments low and uh, I mean a PCP is a bit different because it's guaranteed so it will always lean towards the bank and it always all depends how much you need your money as well as in your actual cash, cash. Flow, yeah. if you do, if you don't need the cash always put more in because over the the term of the loan it's always cheaper because you're borrowing less money so if you've actually got the money to spend then put it in if it's completely spare and you're never going to use it it's just going to sit in the bank getting point two of an interest then you're you're better off putting it into the car um with the hope of maybe getting a bit more back when you sell it i think that was what you were yeah, trying to say i think that my best advice i ever got from magnitude finance was think about the point you're selling not the point you're buying when you're buying car and financing a lot of people over fuss about the monthlies and the deposits and the, oh this is the big thing but the the pain can come 
at the end and it can really bite because the last thing you want to do is you're selling a car, find out that you owe a lot of money. Or, well, that's or, not on a PCP though. So on a PCP because it's guaranteed. But a lot of these cars over 60 odd thousand quid, at, definitely over 60 odd thousand quid, that they're balloon payments, but they're not guaranteed. Mm. So it's okay, called sorry. HP balloon. Sorry, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, so then at that point, you're going to pay either either end. Yeah, if yeah, you're yeah. buying a if you're buying a twenty k golf, it's a guaranteed value at the end. You you're either putting less deposit and pay more monthly payments, or put more deposit and pay less monthly payments. Essentially, okay, sure. But when you get over a certain value, the balloon payment isn't guaranteed. To which point, if you put less deposit, you're going to pay at the end anyway. You make a good point. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> um, James Shoal. Uh, if you could both have a job in another industry, what would it be? Well, I've had other jobs in other industries. But Do you know right what? Now. Do you know what? I've 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 visited this quite often. Um, I'd I'd have a McDonald's. Me? Well, yeah, you've said this to me before, actually. Yeah, yeah. and and I've often visited the the possibility of owning a franchise McDonald's, it's a few quid. But the biggest problem I've had is the time. Mm. Uh, you know, you li- I'd literally have to come away from my business. So if someone put a gun to my head and said... You can't work in cars anymore. You can't work in cars anymore. I'd I'd probably go McDonald's. You'd, you'd still have ended up friends with Paul Wallace because... <laughs> He would have been your number one customer. My best customer, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you've spoken about this before, and and I think we both know guy who owns a load of Domino's dealerships in Swindon. Mm. Um, He's made a fair few quid. My God, he's living his best life. Yeah, I mean, you can't... I mean, yeah, Domino's is a really good example, but McDonald's... I mean, it's a lot... It's not a lot cheaper, but it is cheaper franchise Domino's. But, I mean, McDonald's, they just rang the bell, you know? Like, who, who really in this country... I mean, there will be some people, but there's not many... I've never had a McDonald's. Um, I haven't had a McDonald's probably since 2015, 14, but, but, 15. But you've had a McDonald's before. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. I'm saying. Like, fair, fair point. Like, fair point. everyone's okay. had a McDonald's at some point, and the, the reach, I mean... Oh, brand value, I mean... Mate, it's, it's incredible, the van. Everyone the around value. the world knows what McDonald's is. Everyone knows is, what yeah. McDonald's is, yeah. yeah. yeah interesting. Uh, I've been in the film industry, I think. I'm not sure entirely what role not I'm F1. playing. No, because I'm assuming that falls into cars, no? Well... I'm kind of very, very, very vaguely involved yeah, with F1 now. I do, a po- I do a podcast about yeah. it. Oh, yeah, if, it, if I was allowed F1, F1. But I, I was thinking away from anything cars or motor related, it'd be filmed. You wouldn't do my job? No, that's cars related, mate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> different, different... You're not type, with it today, are you? Different type, though. I'm, 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 yeah, you're right. I, I'm assuming he means the automotive industry. Okay, come out of that completely. So if, I'm, if I've got nothing to... If I have no passion with cars, I'm not doing anything with cars, it would be film. Because that's my other big passion. Be an actor or... No, I don't really know what I'd do, but I, w- I would just... I'm obsessed with film. I'm obsessed with every element of film. Not music. Cinema, you like music? I, I did like music. Ah. I, I, I went through that period of my life and I got burnt by working in a few jobs that ruined the industry you know that often it says don't work in something you're passionate about or hobby like don't work with your hobby or something like that yeah, yeah. Uh, and music was that for me i love music don't uh, meet your and, hero uh, yeah something like that yeah. I, I saw the dark side of the music industry yeah. where every part of film i've ever been involved with 
I've been more fascinated, more intrigued, more excited rather than every music, industry's where... got a dark side, though, mate. For oh sure, yeah, oh, be one of, I mean, every every industry's got to a YouTube, problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> but but, sure. but 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 there was too much ugliness in music for me as a fan to still have a love for it. Yeah. I ended up walking away feeling very bitter about it. Whereas five or six years working in and around film every element I got involved with, I loved and was intrigued by okay. and excited by. So that's why I think that's what I would have you know, ended up doing. And then final question, which we may pick up uh, on another week's episode, because I think it's an interesting one, is from Ben Gisborne, what are the dangers of buying a modern classic? How to try and avoid huge repair bills, etc. Well, would can't. love an M3 F92 with the V8, but scared of getting a dud. And this is something, Tony, which you suggested we should do as a topic at some point, which I say we may revisit, which is kind of like cars that look or seem like great value that are sort of attractive ideas, you know, DB9s or early Bentley Continental GTs oh or early V8 Vantages, which someone like me is like, oh yes, modern classic gold. Yeah. Someone like you goes, why would you be spending 35 grand on that piece of crap from 12 yeah. years ago when you could get a brand new Golf GTI? Yeah, the old, the old V10 M5 is another one. Exactly. I mean, that is a... But so cool. It's a V10 M5. Yeah, yeah. So all I would say is someone who spends a lot of time in and around modern classics and, and has owned a couple, uh, currently owns the 360, it's all about budgeting and experience. The biggest thing, and I tried to tell Paul this a million times over with his LP640, you've got to buy the best example you can afford. It's not necessarily about spec. I was lucky where I found a 360 that was dream spec and had the dream history. Now, it's harder to do with cars that have been cheap for a long time because people don't tend to care about them or give them the proper servicing. Porsche 996s are a perfect example of this because they've been overlooked for so long. Very few owners have put them through Porsche centers or given them their yearly service. And anything that's kind of sports or prestige does need that yearly service, does need to be well, attended to. They weren't to. very good from the start, the 996. Well, I would disagree, but... Um, Still got but, your one. <clears throat> Buy the, <laughs> buy the no. best. Buy, this is not the conversation we're having. <laughs> buy the best example you can find. The best, well looked after. You can always do things about spec. There's peelable paints. There's incredible interior trim shops. There's historic wheel companies, etc. So don't fuss too much about going. But I really want a yellow one. If that yellow one has more mileage and less service history than anything else. So buy the best you can and budget and be prepared. Be aware that unlike a modern car, there isn't an alarm for everything that can go wrong. You know, there are things that go wrong on cars from, you know, early noughties that it doesn't tell you about. They're just going wrong. Mm. And so you've got to be sort of almost proactive that when you go into your specialist, your independent, your local dealer, get them to give you a full breakdown of a report, see things that are starting to wear thin and don't always assume they're just literally trying to rip off all your money. If you can afford to do certain work, it's better to be preemptive than reactive on modern classics because that's when the big bills can come. So I will always push to go down that avenue because I think there's character, there's personality, there's stories that can be had and it doesn't have to be and it's not always a complete horror show. Well, I think it is a horror show and I don't think you should set a budget. I think you have to, I agree with you, I think you have to buy the best car available and you, after that, you, you've got to have moneyless deep pockets, mate. No, bullcrap. No, it's not bullcrap. No, it is bullcrap, mate. Because it things go wrong. It's absolute All the bull time. Crap. Absolute bullcrap. My 360, across the four years I've owned it, on average, 
as a breakdown across every year, the yearly spend 1,200 quid. Fine. But one, you were lucky with that car. Two- I wasn't lucky. I did my research and you, I bought a good example. You bought a good example. And to this point, you still get it very, very well looked after. Yeah, I the right specialist. But Correct. But, but as well- you have spent a few quid on that car, and there were some big bills, mate. It's no, only because it's an average of twelve hundred. I had a good warranty, so I went in with a good warranty you had a good system, warranty, which looked yeah. after me on the big bill that I had. That was warranty, yeah. and it's twelve hundred quid a year on on an average. And so, therefore, you can budget. I have people message me out at three sixties all the time, and I say, budget aside, expect to need to spend a couple of grand. Sometimes you're going to spend more. Sometimes you're going to spend less. It will average out, mm. and you can't sit there and say, oh, whenever you buy any modern classic, you've got to have endlessly deep pockets. It's going to cost. Of course, there are horror stories. Absolutely, of course. But it is not every car. There is another thing to your advantage as well, is because of your job. So that that car and the way it's maintained and who you found, not always people have that luxury. No, you know, so you found the best car. You found one of the best blokes in the country full stop to maintain it. I bought the car yeah. from the guy who maintains it. Correct. But that, that was not because of anything else. That's because that the car was for sale and, and I, I got lucky. Yeah, well, I don't think you got lucky because you look you was looking, but you're, uh, you know, because of your social media as well, that would have helped you essentially because it's your job. But it's, it's not helping me on terms of those running costs because no, I analyze no, 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 all no. my running costs. I analyze exactly because it's the, and it infuriates me when- How people, many miles you done People yet? like you, people since, like I, me. since I've owned it. Yeah. Uh, 18,000. How many, how long, you've done 18,000 miles in that yeah, car? How, yeah. long, how many years you had it? Four years. 5,000 a year nearly? Yeah. All right, you have used it then. People like you. Maybe you have been lucky because but I've no, also got some yes, real horror I, stories I know, as well, but your, your remit, your mentality is at the worst end of the scale. The, the end that I've seen. Because you're getting pieces of crap at the dealerships as part X's that aren't looked after or whatever, you're, you're looking at it from the disaster, which I totally get. And I know that can Which happen. is what people buy as well, by the way. Fine. And I, that's why I'm trying to give Ben this advice. Don't buy a car from Tony. I know. <laughs> and I'll tell you no. another thing as well. Before, no, no. Why, no, 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 no. Before you carry on, you give very, very good money for your car. You I did. Yeah, yeah. I've, very I've, strong way money much, for your way car. Way too much for my car. What? But- the, the, but the point being, so I'm coming at it from the very positive end. You're coming at it from the very negative end. I'm trying to give Ben advice in the middle, which is be prepared that there are horror shows. Try and avoid them. Try and do your research. Pre-purchase inspections. Read on forums. What goes wrong? What can be the expensive stuff when it goes wrong? V12 Vantage, for example. Thank oh God for Aston Martin Bristol. I was looking at a V12 Vantage, which looked super cheap online. I've told this story many times before, and some people get very upset. But 60 grand V12 Vantage, and it needed 23 grand's worth of work, something like that, or 12 grand's worth of work. We spoke about this. Yeah, we yeah, spoke yeah. about a lot, and there are Vantage fans out there who get very cross when I bring this story up. But what I'm trying to point out is you've got to do your research and work out where the bills might be, what you can afford to do, but- And buy you, the best car. Yeah, and, fi and find the best example that you can afford. And and therefore, you can still end up with a fantastic car, an and, and, uh, F92 M3, with the V8. John Benson had one of those, and he absolutely adored it, and he didn't have huge problems. Yeah, huge I mean, if you, get, if you get a good one, then you're all right, but it all depends when he bought it as well, because they're getting older and older now with more miles. And and uh, the, the bit I, I'm not really with you with is that buy the best car you can afford, 
Now, we you wait. Buy Clay Carnival, no, 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 no. Because you bought one of the best examples from one of the best blokes who maintains it. There were cars out there with higher miles that weren't that good that were fifty thousand quid. So there might be a bloke is that's all that's all the budget he's got. Yes. So he's gonna buy a pile of poo. No, wait, but, but 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 the thing is So what, don't buy that I'm, car. No. Spend ninety grand and buy the top one and then you're gonna be all right. No, no. That's what you're saying. No, I said no? that you can afford. My point being and Paul Wallace, sorry to call you out on this, but I don't think he listens to the podcast or whatever. It doesn't listen to anything. It's not about going, oh, it's not about spec chasing in the modern classic world. If you're sitting there and you're looking at a car, there's a 65 grand car, which is the top of your budget. And it's got immaculate service history. It's been served, it's been maintained perfectly. You're aware of all the bills. It's got all the paperwork. It's in fantastic condition. You're getting warranty with it. 65 grand right at the top. But there's a car at 57 grand, which you prefer the spec of. It's done a few more miles. It's missing some service history. You're like, oh, I'm going to go for that one because it's a bit more me. That's the mistake you're making. I agree. Don't try and save five grand. We do. Th- that's my advice. I'm not saying if you're getting a 65 grand car, but there's cars up at 80 that you're in the desert. Buy what you can afford is what I'm saying. You can't just write yourself off. But do your research. Be proactive and you can have an amazing, amazing time. It's not like uh, you come on this podcast, Tony. Well, week I have to be up, Week after week. <laughs> Old cars are crowded, disaster. You, you they need, are. You need In bottom, general. Mate, I don't have bottomless pits of money and I own a 20-year-old Ferrari. But you you bought the, one of the best examples. Yes, mate. that's my advice. That's, right. That's but my what but what I'm saying is you could have bought a 50,000 quid one and you'd be sitting there crying but because you're the spend- people don't buy the 50 grand one. But, but but then people what I'm trying to say to you is is some people haven't got 80 odd grand to spend on a car. They've only got 50,000 quid and they want a free 60. Then so they're going to buy a pile of poo and throw it under the money at you. But there, there, are, there are 50 grand <laughs> examples that, no are good. Be- that are better than other 50 grand examples. There are 80,000 mile cars out there which still have great service history that have been maintained well that have all the stamps that have been to Ferrari specialists compared to so you can have a 50 grand car with 80,000 miles which has got all of that or a 49 grand car which has got 30,000 miles but no service but history. But I'm not talking about but that's so they would the best one you can afford. Correct, but you wouldn't buy there wouldn't be a grand difference. There would be 30,000 pound difference as no. you experience because you bought the okay. best one. 996 40th anniversary. We're ending it here now because my blood I'm going to punch you in the face. 996 40th anniversary. How did that go? I bought a car that was in inverted commas cheap. Okay? Yeah. So the top end of the market when I bought was probably a car for 35 38 and that was through like Paragon Porsche or uh, JZM. You know it's a real proper And you got a proper car. That's a proper proper car. Yeah. Well I mean, I went, oh no, this is a project, you know, it's kind of a bit of fun. So I found an independent sale, guy selling off his driveway. He'd maintained it himself for six years, had a couple of stamps from like 2012. I took it for a PPI and- PPI? The, uh, pre-purchase inspection. Yeah. PDI. Thank you. Pre, what's the- Pre-delivery inspection. Oh, what, no, but PPI makes the same thing. PPI it? is the claims insurance. Right, PDI. <laughs> <laughs> To give a PDI, they identified probably a couple of grand's worth of work. Right. I drove the car away, 23 grand later, yeah. uh, in terms of work. Now, if I to hadn't you. been such a cheapskate- 23 grand to you, by yeah, the yeah. way, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To a normal punter, it's more. No, oh, no, okay. no, no, no. 
Uh, it would have been. No, uh, Come on. Well, Tony, thanks for just... I didn't pay the 23 grand. Right. So well, it was 23 grand to a punter. Right. A little bit less to me. And maybe more. No, no, no. 23 grand to a punter, mm. a little less to me. So what did you pay for the car? 20, oh, 27. Right. And so you're worse off by buying the no, pilot. No, but hold on a second. No, yes, no, keep yes, going. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. I was the cheapskate. I yeah. could have afforded 35. Yeah. I went 27. Yeah. I ended up with a disaster. Yeah. Which is what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's <laughs> no, what I'm saying. Because the man, the man, the man that's got 25 or 27 grand ain't got 40 for a good one. It's all, but, and you're saying buy the, no, buy no, the car you can afford in budget. No, no You no. can't do both. It's one or the other. But, and, I, the, and another fact as well. I didn't start, look for the best car at 27 grand. I looked for a, a cheaper car than 35. Right. And if we all I was know, at 27, I'd be looking at the best one. Right. But you weren't at 20, but then you wouldn't have bought one of them anniversaries and you'd have bought something else completely different because you couldn't buy an anniversary. You could. Not a nice one. Because you, you bought a shit one. No, but there were nicer examples than the one that I got. Well, why didn't you buy one of them then? Because I was in a rush. Well, that's your own fault. I agreed. But how do you know there were nicer examples? Because you never got inspected. They could have had 40 grand worth of damage. Fair. So what, I don't really understand what you're saying to me. <laughs> and by the way, just to, just to, just to, you can go blank after this if you like. Sign off. Where's the 996 now? I sold it. Well done. So you didn't like it that much? No. So what a complete waste of time that was. <laughs> I agree. So buy, buy a classic car, spend a load of money on it, and then let someone else enjoy it. Well done. No, no, fair, but that's, that was a business. That was a, my disaster of buying cars for content. Well, you can't use that as an example then. You no, should I just start to your 360 no, as an example, because that was a really good example. You completely balls this up. I'll leave it to the builder. It's because you keep the builders distracting you. I'll blame it on the builder. So, Ben, I, I suggest you go and buy yourself <laughs> But buy the best one for the best money that you can, which is what Sam's trying to say. If you've only got a 15 grand budget, don't buy one. If they're 30 grand, a nice one's 30 grand, you've got a 15 grand budget, find something else. Go and buy a push bike or something. Okay, maybe I agree with that statement. Um, if you want to follow Tony and his outrageous but probably correct opinions on the world, you can find him at Tony Crawford Car Sales. You can find me at Scene Through Glass. And unfortunately, we'll be back with you for another episode next week. Bye-bye. See ya. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.